السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا مولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد I apologize for the uh, for the delay in uh, beginning the there's there's some technical I don't want to say technical issues it's probably just my own incompetence but uh, you know in my defense uh, I'm, I'm somewhat new to this as well so we continue uh, yesterday where we left off from the dars uh, uh, was uh, that uh, it is uh, incumbent on the uh, on the believer to take as a guardian friend uh, protector and have a relationship uh, mutually of love and of humility with the uh, uh, with the rest of the believers. وَالنَّصِيحَةُ uh, لَهُمْ And so we continue. And here, nasiha, like we mentioned yesterday, oftentimes it's translated as um, as, as meaning um, good advice, but one of the meanings of nasiha is ikhlas. Uh, 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 and so he mentions, he says that a person should give good advice to their their uh, uh, believing fraternity, brethren, and sisters, uh, uh, fraternity and sorority, um, in guiding them and giving giving them guidance toward that which is good for them, both in their uh, uh, deen and in their dunya. And the proof for that and the proof for the obligation of that is uh, the uh, hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which is one of the one of those hadith in which you can see a, a an encapsulation of the spirit of the deen, uh, the the entire spirit of the deen in a very short hadith. Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Alayhi salatu sallam, utitu jawami al kalim." I was given the words that are that that amass in them great meaning. So the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that Deen is nasiha, giving this good advice, and uh, we asked him sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, for for whom should this uh, good advice be, uh, and he said, "O oh, Messenger of Allah," and he said sallallahu alaihi wasallam, uh, uh, "This good advice and the sincerity." Um, so he said the sincerity should be for Allah subhanahu wa taala. That's the most important sincerity. Uh, that's the sincerity for which all other sincerities are. Uh, uh, a practice, if you will, that you should be sincere for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your deen and everything that you do. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for his uh, messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam and for his book and for the imams of the Muslims. And here the word imams uh, means in temporal affairs, the those who are uh, in charge of the, uh, the temporal authority and in uh, matters of interpretation of the deen. Uh, um, then that's no longer the government, that's then the ulama. Uh, so for the book of Allah Ta'ala and for the imams of the Muslims and for the generality of the Muslims, that you should do good and have sincerity by every single one of them. فَالنَّصِيحَةُ لِلَّهِ أَنْ يَصِفَهُ بِمَا وَصَفَ بِهِ نَفْسُهُ مِنْ سَائِرِ الصِّفَاتِ الْوَاجِبَةِ لَهُ وَيُنَزِّهُ عَنْ سَائِرِ مَا لَا يَلِيقُ بِهِ So Nafrawi explains, he says that uh, sincerity toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that you should describe him uh, and you should uh, uh, believe in him um, and you should praise him uh, as he was described and praised and uh, uh, explained uh, you know what what the reality his reality is was explained by himself um, in his own book and through uh, the uh, teachings of his prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam uh, uh, for all of his different attributes uh, and uh, then thereafter that he should be 
you should accord him the transcendent position uh, that he uh, that he uh, commands above all of those things that are, are not befitting. So we should treat him as Allah. We should treat him as more important uh, than anything else and than anyone else in this world. And uh, we should not compare him to the dunya, nor should we... Uh, uh, nor should we consider him to be something normal like other things uh, 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 and so he continues he says وَالنَّصِيحَةُ لِرَسُولِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَنْ يُؤْمِنَ بِهِ وَبِجَمِيعِ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ وَيَمْتَثِلُ عَفْوًا أَمْرَهُ وَنَحْيَهُ وَيُحْيِيَ سُنَّتَهُ بتعليمها للناس ويحافظ ويحافظ عفوا على شريعته بالعمل بها. And being sincere to the Prophet ﷺ means what? Sincerity to the Prophet ﷺ means that we should believe in him and that he's the messenger of Allah and we should believe in all those things that he brought. Uh, we should believe in him and we should believe in all those things that he brought. And it's okay, like from time to time, there may be things where someone tells you a certain thing is a sunnah and they seem like really learned and another person tells you another thing is a sunnah and they seem really learned and you don't understand how both of them could be true at the same time or you have a doubt about uh, the transmission of something or another uh, as a scholar um, or as a layperson for that matter. But... As an aqidah, you have to believe what that if he said it, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it's true. And uh, this is the the maslak Abu Bakr Siddiq radiyallahu anhu. When the mushrikeen of Quraysh were mocking the companions for uh, for the Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam's claim that he uh, traveled by night uh, to uh, Al Quds al Sharif, the Bayt al Maqdis, uh, um, to Jerusalem, and then he came back. And they they mocked uh, they mocked the, the they mocked the companions for that. Um, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiAllahu anhu said what? He said if he said it, then it's true. And then he brought he brought some uh, he brought something else on top of it. He says that we believe that he receives, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, revelation from above the seven heavens. Uh, and so for us to believe that he went to uh, Jerusalem in one night and come back is. A relatively easy thing for us to believe there. So here's an example of what the aqidah, even though particulars may or may not be understood, but the aqidah is mahfuz. That he didn't know, did the Prophet really say this or not? This is a hadith being brought to him by unreliable narrators. But he said, if he said it, it's true. And that a person should uh, then. Uh, Obey and uh, enact his commandments and his prohibitions. Now, this is also a really important uh, sunnah, and uh, you know we have to we have to give it its accord, give it its due. In the old days, and in the hearts of simple people, clean-hearted people, if you say something is a sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That is sufficient for them. They will not question it thereafter. They will not cause problems thereafter. Nowadays, we have some people who are a little bit too smart for their own good. They're a little bit too sophisticated for their own good. They're uh, politically a little bit too savvy for their own good. That you mention something as a sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then they cop they cop an attitude and they'll like literally reflexively look for excuses not to enact it and the first uh, you know question is is it a farther or not and uh, this is not nasiha to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so yes not every sunnah of the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in a fiqhi sense is a farḍ however in general in general um, the, the commitment to uh, to obeying his commandments and uh, to obeying his prohibitions and yuhyiya sunnatahu bi-ta'limiha nasi and the com commandment to bring the sunnah uh, to life by teaching it to the people uh, uh, on top of that. You know, like that, that you in, in, enact it in your life and you teach it to the people and uh, uh, and that you make muhafala on the sharia 
that you actually uh, protect and guard the, the practice of the Sharia and, 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 and uh, its teaching. That's, that's being sincere to the Prophet not looking for the first avenue to cop out or to duck out of, uh, you know, to duck out of, uh, of, of, of enacting something which is the Sunnah, which is a sign of decay. Uh, the sign of growth is that we teach it. We not only, uh, uh, not only do we practice it, but we teach it as well. Um, the sign of stability is what? At least we practice it ourselves. The sign of decay is what? We neither teach it to other people and we actively like duck or resist uh, uh, following it. So what happens? The speed of a uh, progress of a person or the speed of the progress of a community, uh, it slows down. And there's so many issues. There's so many issues in which the fuqaha have leeway for this or that, depending on what the madhab is. But, uh, uh, you know, the believer will never go wrong by holding fast to the sunnah, by asking the question, how did the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi do this? And then uh, attempting to enact that as best as they can, um, whether, whether or not it, it is more, or, more uh, uh, or equivalent to the bare minimum level of practice that the sharia requires for them, from them. And so there's so many, there's so many bizarre things, you know, like so many bizarre things. Uh, um, you know, there's so many mas- masajids, for example, the uh, Salat al-Eid, they won't, you know, they, they'll pray it inside the masjid. They won't even try to pray it outside of the masjid, even though that's a sunnah to pray it outside the masjid. The Prophet so despite his masjid being, you know, according to Malik, the most sacred of masajid, and even according to those who don't agree with this position, uh, at least the second most sacred of masajid in the entire world, but he would still go out and pray his. Uh, uh, he would still go out and pray his uh, Salat al-Eid and the Janais outside of the outside of the masjid. Uh, but if you mention this to so many people, they'll be like, "Well, there's this problem, there's that problem." But your whole mandate as human beings and as a community is to what? Solve those problems. Think of solutions. Why? Because practicing the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam should be the most important thing for you in your life. It should be, it's the reason Allah gave you a community, it's the reason Allah Ta'ala gave you a masjid, it's the reason Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gave you wealth, it's the reason Allah Ta'ala gave you uh, health, it's the reason Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gave you uh, wherewithal. And so you can come together and find find solutions to these problems, even if those solutions at times have to be novel solutions. Uh, and so what happens is, and sometimes it's not possible, Jalal, there's leeway in the sharia, I'm not saying every single one of these things, if you don't do it, you're a kafir. But in general, if your gut reaction is to resist, even though um, there's an ability for us to get together and think creatively of how to implement the sunnah, then that's that's like that's really problematic, and that's like a real like high level issue. That's like a broad overview, systematic problem with the practice of people's deen, uh, and for whatever reason, uh, a lot of people suffer from this. They suffer from they suffer from a very reductionist type thinking their holistic approach to the deen of Allah Ta'ala is is crippled by by a, a lack of this and uh, I think the solution is uh, is is uh, you know oftentimes uh, not in fiqh I think the solution is uh, the, the sickness the locus of the sickness is not necessarily in the mind because you can teach people a mas'ala, you can teach them, it's, look, it's a sunnah. The Prophet said, Ashahru hakada wa hakada wa hakada, oh hakada wa hakada wa hakada. That he said that the month is like this, sumu li ru'yatihi wa aftaru li ru'yatihi. Muttafaq alayhi sunnah, go see the moon, go come back and, you know, whatever. You know, okay, fine. Ibn Suraj said that, that uh, you know, you can calculate the moon, the, the new month and like subki, maybe, uh, you know, later on, uh, uh, gave a lukewarm endorsement of the validity of the position from the Shafi'i school. Khalas, does that mean that all of a sudden we will abandon the practice of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Anbiya Alayhim Wasallam? For some people, for some people it does. They're going to like take the, the flag and just run with it and make a touchdown in the fantastic uh, uh, new world of uh, of convenience and of like some sort of modernist sensibility which you know according to that way of thinking like why waste your time with dean in the first place anyway but you know uh, i guess uh, oftentimes people whose uh, uh, thought and practice is not um is not harmonized uh, with any sort of 
uh, with any sort of like philosophical unity or or uh, philosophical uh, uh, um, uh, harmony. Uh, those people don't really think about these types of things, any sort of consistency. Those people don't really think about these things. Rather, they go from one emotional thing to the other. So I've seen people who, you know, if you bring up halal, they'll plant the flag and like it'll be the Alamo that they die at. But then, you know, you'll see them do other things and like make, you know, like treat other things very uh, nonchalantly. And then there's the next person for whom moon sighting is like the 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 last stand, uh, you know, the last they, they go last to the Mohicans mode. And but like, you know, you know, when it comes to how they dress, they don't conform to the deen, they don't conform to the sunnah. Better than all of these people put together is the person who's a sinner and doesn't practice anything, but at least they accept that this is the sunnah. The sunnah is superior to the thing that's not the sunnah. Even the person who says, I don't even know what the sunnah is. But whatever the Prophet did, that's the best thing. That's the best. Just like every like stupid little kid, you know, like I try to avoid uh, these things, even with my own children. Uh, I don't like them to know like what the brand of this is and what, you know, car is expensive and what type of phone is the expensive phone and all. But they find out, you know, I don't know, somehow these things, they just kind of leak through being a human being. Uh, I don't like them to mix with the other kids who are like super like obsessed with these things and like real bright eyed about about all of these things. But they figure it out. And the thing is that that's a very normal human. That's a very normal human reaction. It should be for what? It should be for Jannah. It should be for the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It should be for what? It should be for those things that are best for a person. A person should always want what's best for themselves. Sheikh uh, Mufti Musa Ferber, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, uh, give him long life and uh, uh, you know open doors for him in this world and in the hereafter. He translated Sulami's. Uh, Wasaya. Sulami is very early Sufi, by the way. It's an interesting book. Sulami is even before, even before um, Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala. And uh, you know, I was reading through it, uh, reading through the book. And he, what was it that he mentioned yesterday? People should want to keep the company of the elite, uh, 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 the elite when it comes to Deen. Why? Because you always want the best. But what is it, Janab? What is it? You know, even the students of knowledge, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, you know, give people hidayah. Even Allah Ta'ala give people the hidayah, he give people hidayah. The dunyawi people, what do they want? They want to get into Harvard, they want to get into Yale. You know, they want to get into the best school and do the best residency, get the best program, summa cum laude, etc. They want to do the best with everything. And, you know, religious people, you know, they say, oh, you know, like I'm being a darish, I'm being like a, 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 an ascetic, I'm being a zahid. But you're supposed to be zahid in your dunya, not zahid zuhud in, in your deen. If your uh, himma is low, if your, uh, you know, what you want is low uh, out of life, uh, uh, if it's like, you know, you're tired when it comes to deen, you're tired when it comes to ilm, you're tired when it comes to stuff that you do for the sake of Allah, and then you say, oh, look, I'm being a darish, I'm turning my back on the dunya. That doesn't work. That That's not how it's supposed to be. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that Al-Firdaus is the center of Jannah and it's the, the highest part of Jannah. So if you ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, ask for Firdaus. Go for If you're going to ask Allah for Jannah anyway, ask Him to give you give you a, the penthouse suite. That's what you're supposed to do. But what happens? Everyone wants to go to Harvard and Yale and wants to be real proud of that. Nobody wants to go and, and say, I want to study from the best of my shaykh. No one wants to say, I want to spend my Ramadan in the Khanqah instead of, you know, uh, going through the rat race. Nobody says, I want to uh, learn in the best of the Madaris. Nobody says, I want to give the best of my wealth for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Illa man sha'Allah, except for very few people. In fact, most people with their, you know, their uh, ideal uh, uh, setup with regards to what they want to do with their religion is, you know, I want to be like, you know, deen and dunya. I want to be like a doctor and I want to be a great... A scholar at the same time or whatever and so look so and so did that he made jamma between these two things the person who thinks that that you're going to you know that you're you somehow have like you know made like some big achievement in the deen by by uh, um, combining between the perishing abode and the uh, the eternal abode by combining the thing uh, which is uh, mubarak and the thing that's mal'oon the thing that's blessed and the thing that's cursed, 
this is like a lack of understanding. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, this is a, not only is it a lack of understanding, but like the idea that it's superior, it's like a direction in the step of Protestant uh, aqidah, which is what? If you're prosperous materially, it's a sign Allah loves you. And if you're suffering materially, it's a sign of your laziness. And therefore, by extension, your wickedness. Allah Ta'ala, what does he say in his book? He says, Look at the insan. If his Lord uh, 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 honors him by expanding his provision, by giving him a lot of dunya, he says, oh, my Lord has expanded me or has honored me. Uh, tell me something, you know, like Trump may not have as much money as, you know, he claims that he does, but he has a, he has a lot of money. Okay. Mike Bloomberg and Howard Schultz and, you know, uh, 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 what's the name of that Bond villain guy? The Amazon guy, uh, um, Jeff Bezos and these people, you know, Allah gave them, Allah gave them so much money. You look at their lives, you don't see the barakah there though. You see what you see, you don't see the barakah there. And, you know, there are also pious people who were very wealthy. The Malian King Mansa Musa, who gave so much sadaqah on his way to Hajj that he destabilized the market price of gold in Cairo for like 10 years. You know, he's a wealthy person. Sultan Suleiman al Qanuni, uh, 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 before him, Yavuz Salim. Uh, uh, these, these people were unimaginably wealthy people. Uh, the Nizam of Hyderabad and these, you know, th these people were very wealthy. Some of them were very pious people who did great, great works. And, you know, they Allah Ta'ala allowed them to um, do good with their money. So, you know, you see like the princess Solat who ruled Bhopal while in full niqab and from behind the latticed screen. Uh, so the petitioners who uh, would uh, uh, speak to her, she could see them, but they couldn't see her. And they would have to they would have to talk with her ministers, and she would just observe and like signal to them what she wanted them to do or to say. Uh, she endowed a, a madrasa in Makkah Mukarrama, madrasa Solatiyah, in which many of our akabir mashayikh, when they would be in exile from fighting the uh, the Ferengi colonizer and usurper, uh, they would teach in that madrasa, and then eventually it actually becomes subsumed. It has become part of the the, the waqf of the Haram Sharif. Astawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you're going to have money, do that with your money, you know? That the person says when they have money, oh, look, Allah loves me. And then when they, their their uh, risk is constricted, when their provision is constricted, uh, they say, oh, my Lord has cursed me. Kalla. Allah ta'ala says, no, that's not what it is. Some good people are poor. Some good people are rich. Some bad people are poor. Some bad people are rich. Why are you pegging the dunya to your to your deen? Uh, that's, not, that's not how it works. Uh, that's not how it works and if you know if you have a way of being rich and you like to be rich go right ahead if you don't like you know to have a lot then uh you know and you're content with what you have then go right ahead but uh you know the 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 low himma uh, uh the low concern for the deen uh, uh it's 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 very problematic even amongst religious people and this is one of the things that the prophet said he said uh, that people are like alloys, like metal alloys, like those metals that are alloyed with gold and with silver. And the best of people uh, are, uh, the best of them are, uh, the best of them in Jahiliya will be the best of them in Islam as long as they bother to learn. Uh, the, the, the deen and to understand the deen and so there's a lot of khair I like it when I see somebody who's aggressive and reaches the top in, in, in their dunya in their craft or in their sport or in their art or in their uh, uh, you know in, in, in their speech in anything why because that person the day that they're the tawajjuh the, the of the heart the orientation of the heart turns to the higher realm uh, that person will fly uh, whereas, you know, if you want to, you know, pardon the French, if you want to be half-assed, uh, uh, you know, uh, in one you're going to be half, uh, half donkeyed in the other as well. And uh, that's not, that's not like the way this is supposed to be. So your nasihah to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is what? 
is that you have to believe in him that he's a prophet and you have to believe all of those things that he brought even if you don't know 100% what they are and you have to obey his commandments and you have to uh, you have to abstain from his prohibitions it's not enough just to put the put the the, the sandal uh, emblem on your hat or on your little on your little pin or wear a turban on a particular day of the week or a particular day of the year or to you know like whatever get real upset and like you know when someone draws a cartoon burn down the neighborhood and then the rest of the week you don't pray salat or you don't wake up for fajr or whatever um and that's not everybody but there are there are there are some people there are many people who are like that and inshallah some of them there's some khair in them as long as they realize that, that that's wrong and why it's wrong there are some people who are like, well, I, I'm a ashik of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and so he'll save me on the day of judgment, uh, despite the fact that I never prayed or whatever. Uh, those people are, are like jackals and hyenas. They're, uh, they're destroying Islam from the inside, uh, and they may not even be aware of it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Those people should not expect to drink from the hawl of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam on judgment. Allah spare us. Uh, so uh, uh, and to bring his sunnah to life by teaching it to people uh, uh, and spreading its, uh, prom its its promotion, and uh, that a person should uh, 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 protect the Sharia and guard uh, in its practice uh, uh, in their own lives and in in their communities, um, guard the Sharia uh, by practicing it. وَالنَّصِيحَةُ لِكِتَابِهِ أَنْ يَتَأَوَّلُهُ بِتَأْوِيلِ أَهْلِ السُّنَّةِ بِأَنْ يَتَأَوَّلُهُ بِتَأْوِيلِ أَهْلِ السُّنَّةِ وَيَمْتَثِلَ أَوَامِرَهُ وَيَجْتَنِبَ نَوَاهِهِ وَيَجْتَنِبَ نَوَاهِيَهُ وَيَتْلُوَهُ حَقَّ تِلَاوَتِهِ مَعَ السَّكِينَةِ وَالْوَقَارِ and the sincerity to the book of Allah Ta'ala is to interpret it um, according to the interpretation of the people of the Sunnah, to interpret it in a right way, not to read its ayahs and say, well, this means this to me and this means that to me. And, you know, there are some people who I suspect are probably have, are suffering from some degree of mental illness or impairment who actually will then, you know, say, we need to reinterpret this and we need to reinterpret that. Um, who's saying this? Uh, th that they should uh, interpret it according to the interpretation of the Ahl Sunnah. There are people who lived in a time when there was no political or cultural pressure on them. And so they're neither the ones who made the, the you know, the, the ones who laid the foundations of the system of the Ahl Sunnah, uh, but nor are they uh, 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 the ones who have any particular interest in it except for their belief in Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I should say. Uh, and so, you know, if you want to be uh, one of those people whose faith is subject to uh, the pressures of the people who don't care about your faith or are malevolent to it, then you violated the, you know, the rule of sincerity to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And if you want to be sincere to Him, then, then accept and interpret the interpretations of the Qur'an according to the Ahl-Sunnah, not necessarily because we're like, you know, pom-pom, rah-rah-rah for our own sectarian group, and the other one is rah-rah-rah for theirs. It's because Ahl-Sunnah al-Jama'ah, the thing that makes it different than the other uh, sectarian groups is what is their methodology is different. And so the methodology, just like the methodology of the Mu'tazila is to, to interpret the, the text through you know their version of rational philosophy although there were muhaddithin amongst them but even the hadith they would interpret through that lens uh, and not all the, not all the mu'tazila were equal or and not all of them were the same um but uh, uh but uh, you know in general this is a trend amongst them or for example uh, the shia and by shia i don't mean necessarily only the ithna ashari shia the 12 shias but in general as a taxonomic nomenclature there are disparate groups that are uh, politically considered uh, shia uh, in the history of islam and the one common um the one common uh, denominator through all of them is is what um is when they when the the tashayu, the political tashayu spills into um into creedal matters it is that you have to interpret all of the texts of the the, the Quran and all the texts of uh, uh, of the uh, uh, the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in order to preserve the the doctrine of 
the uh, sovereign rulership of the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And uh, as a political as a political sentiment, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. If you want a Sayyid to be the, the ruler and you want to vote for him in your next election or you want them to you know take the throne or the kingship, be my guest, go right ahead. But that cannot be your aqidah, that cannot be how you, you know, the prism through which you interpret the Quran or the prism through which you interpret the Sunnah of the Prophet. Uh, the Ahlul Sunnah out of all the different sectarian groups and it's a huge, it's a big tent, it's a big umbrella, big tent group that includes a number of disparate uh, uh, um, parties but all of them are united by this one understanding which is what? Which is that we want to understand the book of Allah Ta'ala and the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, as it is, as it was transmitted and as it was understood by the Prophet وسلم, who interpreted it on behalf of Allah Ta'ala for us and then from the companions radiallahu anhum who interpreted it, uh, interpreted the interpretations of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa uh, on his behalf that they were his canonical and authorita- authoritative representatives. And so the problem is like when you go into, uh, when you go into like uh, uh, Rafidi and uh, Ghulat, uh, Shiite theology, you know, they end up having to basically say that all the Sahaba are kafirs except for three or five or seven uh, of them. Why? Because the political the political positions espoused by many of them are not um, are not uh, uh, compatible with their uh, uh, not compatible with their uh, uh, you know with with what the companions actually said and taught from the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and uh, it's really funny it's really in- interesting because nowadays like um you know and this is by the way this is not a jama khutbah i wouldn't say you know talk about the sectarian issue so freely in in public this is a dars of knowledge and so not every shia a shia someone who says she is shia is the same first of all not all of the ahlul tashayu are rawafid or ghulat and then even even then uh, some people who belong to Rafidi or Ghali uh, 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 groups uh, amongst the Shia, they may not be educated enough about the Shia or even to know these things or have considered or, or, or thought about them. So if you ask them, what do you say about so-and-so companion, their gut re- reaction is not like, oh, I have to say he's a kafir, otherwise this hadith doesn't make sense and that hadith doesn't make sense. They have no idea. They're illiterate about their deen just like everybody else's. And the person who uh, says, La Adri, who says, I don't know, this is a Jannah, it's a shield that, that protects them from error and from mistake. Um, and uh, uh, it's a khiyana when an alim does it, who knows better. But when an ammi person does it, it actually saves them, spares them from a lot of trouble. Uh, so please don't like listen to this lecture and go around and start harassing people uh, in your masjid or in your community or start making you know Facebook posts or whatever. It's just something to understand. It's something to understand. But the point is that, yeah, you know, if you have to like then throw away, uh, throw away uh, those people who are the transmitters of the Sunnah from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then you have to fill that void with something else, and uh, you know uh, you're going to say, okay, we follow the twelve Imams of the Ahlul Bayt, and uh, which is fine. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, there's some 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 question as to who or uh, whether the twelfth Imam ever existed or not. Um, and if he did, uh, uh, he he uh, passed from uh, he passed from this world without uh, without re- you know reaching the age in which he could uh, afford any teachings. But uh, as far as we're concerned, the other imams were all Sunnis anyway. They followed the methodology in the sense that they followed the methodology that Ahlul Sunnah and Jama'ah. They, their hadiths are are uh, transmitted. Uh, their descendants, many of them, are alive. And uh, uh, a majority of them, the overwhelming majority of them are Sunnis and those who are Shia, they become Shia like centuries later. Uh, uh, otherwise, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's why we say that Ahlul Sunnah is not necessarily because we want to stick it to this group or stick it to that group or the other, uh, the other thing. What makes the Ahlul Sunnah unique is their objective approach uh, uh, toward uh, uh, following the deen uh, as it was transmitted to, through the companions. Uh, which takes priority over over the transmission and the purity of the transmission takes priority over any sort of like tinted sectarian goggles um, because accepting reports has nothing it has to do with what the 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 purity of thubut you know the question of how authoritative is the information you're getting uh, 
versus the uh, uh, versus any sort of bias in the dalala that is just saying what I, I wanted to say. Is it giving a confirmation bias uh, uh, with regards to some preconceived notion that I already have, which uh, you know, which may or may not uh, in quality or quantity come from the uh, come from the dean uh, in the first place. So uh, uh, um, he, he, he mentions that, that the haqq of the book of Allah Ta'ala is that a person should interpret it according to the interpretation of the Ahl Sunnah, which is the interpretation which is sent down in a broken, unbroken chain of narration from the, uh, from the companions, radiyallahu uh, anhum, who were the best of Allah's creation after the prophets and most certainly billah, not people who, uh, uh, who left the deen. It's funny too, because like there's a sectarian polemic between Iran and Saudi Arabia which oftentimes masquerades as a Shia Sunni uh, problem, uh, but it has like more to do with like geopolitics and other uh, types of stuff. And you know, I you know, spoiler spoiler alert: if you're hoping to find out which side I support, I su support neither side. I, I support like you know Ali and Fatima and like Abdurrahman and Zaid and Amr and Bakr, who are just like you know normal Muslims trying to live their life. Uh, I don't like them being pawns in other people's. Uh, other people's geopolitical struggles uh, or their ethnic uh, warfare with one another, uh, and I don't like I don't like it when the awam of the Muslims get into um, into sectarian bickering, um, because when two ulama have a debate with one another on a sectarian matter, uh, the haq becomes manifest uh, on someone's tongue by the virtue of their knowledge, uh, whereas when two uh, ami people who are uneducated get into sectarian bickering. It's it's just it's just it's just argument for argumentation's sake, and so like if there are two illiterate people and one of them is Shia and the other is Sunni, um, you know they and they say like we're brothers, we're not going to fight with one another. I feel like this is like a beautiful thing, whereas if uh, you know two scholars who are learned in the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, should say that uh, uh, you know two aqaid uh, that are not compatible with one another and have very different uh, values when you look at them uh, in light of the kitab sunnah when they both say that like yeah this is we're both okay i think that's somewhat of a khiana it's somewhat of a uh, a treachery with the aman of the uh, of the ilm uh, so uh, at any rate that a person should interpret the book of allah ta'ala according to the 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 properly handed down objectively handed down interpretation of the people of the sunnah and that a person should uh, again like with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam implement its commands and uh, uh, stay away from those things that it prohibits and that a person should recite it with its uh, uh, with as it should be recited as is its right that it should be recited um, with sakina with the calmness of the 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 awareness of the sacred presence of the lord uh, and waqar with gravity and so this means what? That you don't, you know, you know, type of recitation, which uh, completely destroys all the rules of tajweed in the middle and completely um, destroys the way that you say the letters, the pronunciation, the letter, the letters of the Quran and the huruf of the Arabic language, which are sacred. Um, they are preserved and also handed down uh, in, in chains of narration that are unbroken and a person is obliged to learn them to the best of their ability. And so like in the old days before people had access to media or to widespread traveling, you know, you would see that like there's a village in which somebody, you know, doesn't know how to say tha properly or doesn't know how to say va properly and doesn't, you know, differentiate between va and thal and etc. Uh, and those things can be tricky, they can be hard. That's not you and that's not me. I remember when I traveled to Egypt uh, to learn Arabic, uh, someone was like, uh, uh, you know, so-and-so has, Sheikh has Tajweed classes. I'm like, cool, Tajweed, what's that? And they're like, it's like the proper way of reciting Quran. I'm like, you mean like, you know, so that you can like recite it real musically and like, you know, no, no, like there's like a whole science of, I'm like, that's really neat. I want to learn that. Uh, whereas now, alhamdulillah, mashallah, uh, uh, America, uh, many masajid can be described as the cult of tajweed, mashallah, in the sense that they, there's no fiqh, there's no sunnah, there's none of this stuff. But you can, you know, there are people who sit and, and teach tajweed even in those masajid, mashallah. So nobody has an excuse. Learn how the, the letters are said, 
uh, and learn then how 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 uh, the recitation is done, the rules for the noon sakin and the rules for the mudud for the stretches and things. I learn all of that stuff. It's not like you know, in order to perfect it, it may take a lot of patience and time. But in order to at least learn what they are, uh, it doesn't really take a whole lot of time. And so this is one of the rights of the, the Quran is that you should recite it like that. And then you should recite it with enough, uh, with enough uh, uh, sakina and waqar, with enough gravity that at least you're saying the letters and you're pronouncing, you know, the, 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 the words and stringing them together according to the rules of tajweed. And as long as you can do that, if you recite a little bit faster, or a little bit slower, inshallah, there's, there's, it's, you know, there's, there's some leeway for that. But don't recite so fast that, you know, it's just like water flowing under a bridge. And, you know, that's not cool. You cannot, and this is the problem nowadays. This is one of the things, Sheikh Abu Bakr uh, on the West Side, um, he's an African-American uh, brother. He's, a, he's like a, a great wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا نُزَكِّ عَلَى اللَّهِ أَحَدًا لَكَ نَحْسِبُ You know, if we, were to, if we were to trust any instinct that we had, we would, we, would, uh, we would think if this man is not a wali of Allah, then we don't know what wilaya means. Um, a, person who, a person can seldom be seen uh, not weeping um, with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a person who has been calling others to uh, the deen of Allah ta'ala for decades. Uh, and he, I mean, he was, he was a hard gangster uh, back in Jahiliya. He said that he told me this himself. He said, if, if you were to walk into the hood and tell people my slave name, he goes, if they were holding something, their hands would shake and they would drop it. And uh, now you meet him, he's like, he's literally, he's like more soft than a bunny rabbit. You know, he said the people that used to know me in Jahiliya, when they would get out of jail and they would meet me after I, 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 I uh, accepted Islam, they're like, like he said, literally, like one, one, one guy, he, he, he didn't say a word to me. Uh, he, he released to my address. And uh, 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 um, and he didn't say a word to me. He was in my house for three days. And uh, he said that he said something about me because he said, he goes, all you do is cry. And he used a, a derogatory term that's not very politically correct, like a nakle kufr kufr nabash, just for the sake of the why. He said that this man says, all you do is cry all day like a faggot. And he says, I don't even know you anymore. And he left. He said, what? He said, they, they didn't even know him anymore. And so one of the things that, that, that he mentioned uh, to me, is was a lament that you know it used to be when people uh when people uh, uh you know became muslim uh they would uh, uh they would you know put in a lot of time and effort to learn to read the quran and they would make it a mark of the pride of their islam that they can open the quran and read um and he goes nowadays people don't do that anymore and so uh, i was i was uh, uh you know it was either him or Sheikh Shamsuddin, who also is uh, uh, fits many of the same osaf that Sheikh Abu Bakr does, um, uh, and uh, um, but like you know, and maybe both of them said it. Uh, now that I think about it, but the point is, is that like I didn't want to res respond and say anything because what am I going to say to him? He said like you know, you're lamenting about like the uh, you're lamenting about those people who convert to Islam. Uh, and I know, I know the kids of the immigrants or the kids of the people who, uh, who are Muslims, who were born into Islam, who were bo born into a household where both parents were born into Islam and they grow up and they don't, they, they don't know how to read. They don't know how to string Alif-Ba-Ta-Tha together. They don't know how to recite. If this is you, if you're a convert or you're born Muslim, you know, you're Sayyid from both sides of the family and both of your parents are, are very pious and you don't know how to recite, that's fine. Nothing wrong with it. We'll learn how to read. Don't give khutbah. Don't have a YouTube channel. Don't have any of those things. Put those things aside. They can happen later, inshallah. They can happen later. Uh, 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 for now, just go put alif, ba, ta, tha, ba, fatha, ba, ba, dhamma, bu, ba, kasra, bi. Go through it. Go through. Read the, 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 the Nurani Qaeda. You know, it's Nurani. It's, mashallah, it will flood your life with nur, mashallah. It's beautiful. Uh, you know, Nurani Qaeda was uh, put together by Qari Nur Muhammad, a murid of uh, Shah Abdul Rahim Raipuri, who is the Sheikh of our Sheikh, uh, 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 the Sheikh of the Sheikh of our Sheikh, that our, our Sheikh, uh, Sayyid Nafis, Rahimahullah, Tabarak wa Ta'ala, his Sheikh, 
Shah Abdul Qadir, and then his Sheikh Shah Abdul Rahim, who was the the prime Khalifa in terms of in terms of the the Khanqa of Deoband, the prime Khalifa of Mawana Abdul Rashid Gangohi, Rahimullah Taala, and that's like a really ajib amount of tawfiq that he had that this qari nur muhammad imagine what must have been in his heart that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted this book from him in such a way that it's literally taught by the arab it's taught by the ajim it's taught by shia it's taught by sunni it's taught everywhere you go it's either the nurani qaida or a variation on it that's that's being taught for alif ba ta tha uh, otherwise before that people used to teach from the qaida baghdadiyah which was like the examples of which were not from the Quran. They're just like nonsense examples, um, just there to drill a person to learn how to read. Uh, and so, like you know, go read that Nurani Qaeda. You know, read that, read that, read that. Uh, uh, you know, that 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 that, that, that Nuraniya means what means the the Qaeda, the the primer of light. You know, not the not the not the not the uh, you know the 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 the. Uh, you know, flight ban list qaeda. That's different. That's that's different. That's that's not that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what the the, the primer for for learning how to read uh, the Nurani qaeda is 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 Nurani. It's filled with light. Just sit down and read it. You know, sit down and read. And, and someone might be like, "Well, what is the point of me? I'm trying to learn Maliki fiqh. This guy is trying to tell me about Nurani qaeda right now. Uh, this is the fiqh. This is part of nasihat of the Book of Allah Taala. You have to understand these things." If you know how to read, you already put in your time, you already did your tajweed and, uh, uh, you know, uh, you did it with the, uh, 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 the greed instead of smoking weed and you're already, you know, you're good to go. You know, you stick your finger, your hand in your ear and you, uh, you know, Abdul Basid, Abdul Samadai's uh, 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 your recitation and everyone loves you. And you could, you know, if it wasn't for zombie apocalypse, you would command $15,000 for for a tarawih or you know 50,000 or 100,000 for your tarawih or whatever good for you good for you this is relevant to you still why because imagine if this is so much uh, reward and so much importance in learning it then imagine what the maqam and the rutbah of the one who teaches it is so if you know all of these things you grab that qaida uh, nuraniya nowadays i mean cuz everybody's in isolation and whatever so sit in zoom teach your cousins teach your nephews you know put an ad on your on your Twitter account where you know you no longer have any dinner to take pictures of and post anymore you know you don't have any any like real hip looking selfies to post anymore so grab your grab your uh, 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 you know uh, uh, put on your uh, on your Twitter feed and on your Facebook feed and on your uh, in Instagram feed and on your Insta Minsta on your uh, snapchat uh, and if you have snapchat stuff for a lot man <laughs> I'm <laughs> someone who believes in Allah in the last day of Snapchat. I don't understand. I'm not saying it's haram. I'm just saying I don't. I don't get it. Or whatever other thing you know, like Vertical Monkey, uh, new fangled whatever app or uh, uh, you know um, social media platform. Put a post on it. Say hey, if you want to learn Alif Ba Tafa, uh, 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 you know, respond, respond to me, and I will. Uh, uh, I'll give you like an hour a day or whatever, or I'll give you, you know, like three lessons a week or something like that. Teach it to people. This is also, if it's if it's part of nasiha and sincerity to the Book of Allah Ta'ala to learn these things, then it's part of sincerity to the Book of Allah Ta'ala to teach them in an even higher level, in an even deeper way. And, uh, you know, haqqa uh, tilawatihi means what? Yatslunahu haqqa tilawatihi. It is a sifa, it is a... a, a uh, um, an adjective and a descriptor that describes the believers that they recite the book of Allah Ta'ala as it's is as is its right to be recited as is its right to be recited um, and so uh, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas who narrates one of the tafasir of this expression is what yatlunahu haqqa tilawatihi yani yattabi'unahu haqqa tiba'atihi that they follow its commandments as their its commandments have a right to be followed uh, and so there's so many commandments in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you want to read about them, you know, go read about them. You know, go, you know, sit and learn from the Shaykh. And if you're one of those people like, I don't need no stupid mullah telling me what to do. Okay, khalas, go, go grab, uh, go grab a, a, a suitable tafsir, a suitable translation. And, uh, uh, you know, read it. Go ahead and read it. 
inshallah. You know, it's always better to read things from a shaykh. If you don't agree with me, then read it on your own. The book of Allah Ta'ala has its own power, its own magic. I'm not afraid that someone's going to read it and then not, you know, whatever, go off the off the deep end. Uh, although this is a, a fact, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala himself says in his book, he says, uh, 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 Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not shy to strike a parable uh, using anything big or small, even if it's as small as a gnat. Uh, as and as for those who believe, they say that this is the haq, it's the truth, and it comes from our Lord. And as for those who disbelieve, they'll say, like, what's the point of this parable? He guides through it, yani through the Quran. He guides through this Quran many people, and he will send astray through this Quran many people, but he won't send anyone astray except for uh, a, a, a profligate. And so go ahead and read the Quran if there's any good in you whatsoever, if there's any good in you whatsoever then inshallah good will come from that process and if there's not what is Moldy Hamza going to do about it you know what is my YouTube channel or my uh, SoundCloud going to do about it uh, 100,000 followers and 100,000 retweets not going to help that you know uh, so uh, go ahead and take you know go ahead and roll the dice take your shot inshallah I don't know Allah knows what's in someone's heart if there's any good in your heart inshallah it will it will come out there are so many people who uh, you don't see them as practicing Muslims, but if you ask them, they'll say, you know, you know, you guys read the Quran. I'm like, literally, people have come up to me and said this to me. You guys read the Quran, and I'm like, yeah, man, that's the stuff. That Quran, mashallah, that's the stuff. He's like, yeah, man, that's it's amazing. You know, I read it every morning. You know, it gives me gets me hyped up. It gets me ready to go to work. I'm not a Muslim or not Muslim or nothing, but like I read it every day. Inshallah, you'll keep reading it if there's any khair inside of your heart. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring it forth in this world and the hereafter. And it makes, you know, it makes me ashamed that like there are people who can see that in the book of Allah ta'ala and sometimes we ourselves are so heedless. Allah ta'ala, forgive me and forgive, uh, forgive my state. And if anyone sees some part of my state in themselves as well, Allah ta'ala, forgive them too. So yattabi'unahu haqqa tiba'atihi read it and, and follow its follow its dictates. Remember its ayat. Malik rahimahullah ta'ala himself himself was like this. And it's a sifa of Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu kana waqafan, kana waqafan inda kitabillahi that he would he would emphatically stop if somebody mentioned to him an ayah of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he's going in a particular direction, he would stop. That's it. He would go no further. Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, it was his opinion. That, uh, uh, that it was his opinion, uh, which is a, a, a very solid opinion. And he, uh, in, in agreement with him is the Imam Al-A'zam, Imam Al-Hanifa, Rahimahullah, that is makru to make any salat whatsoever, except for maybe like a makeup prayer, if you have makeup prayers to make up. But in general, any nafal salat, non-farth salat, it is makru, meaning devoid of reward and better to be avoided, more reward to avoid it. It's makru to make any salat whatsoever after uh, having prayed asr until the sun has set completely or after having prayed uh, uh, the uh, subah prayer, what we call the fajr prayer, until the sun has risen significantly off the horizon. Uh, but Medina Munawara people would come there from all over the world, so people of different maslaks and things like that, so uh, different uh, uh, legal ideologies. And so uh, what would happen uh, is, uh, you know, people would ask him about stuff. So this is someone, and I don't I think it was like maybe like a young person. It wasn't even like a scholar or, you know, somebody of much status. Just a rando, like just some random person walks up to Imam Malik, Imam Darul Hijra, and you're the one that the Hadith uh, prophesizes that the people will come from the East and the West beating the, the kidneys of their camels, but they won't find anyone more knowledgeable about Deen than you, and you're the one who... Every night when you close your eyes, uh, you see the Mubarak uh, vision of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and uh, you know, all of those things and more, so much more, right? 
some of these people, uh, people say, oh, this is a hey, geography, you're just pumping up your own mashaykh. These are those people, the person who uh, venerates them inside of their heart. Yom al-Qiyamah, they'll be surprised that, that, that such a person, their maqam is actually far greater than we imagined. Uh, um, and uh, you know that's that's a secret. I guess we'll find out on that day. But if I were to put down money, that's what it would be. So some just random kid like is like, you know, he sees him coming into the masjid after asr, and he's and he's about to sit down, and he goes he goes pray your two rakahs. So what did he say? He says, "I'm Malik, I'm this, I'm that, I'm the other thing." You know, he prayed the two rakahs. And then, like his companions asked him, "Is like Don't, you're the one who taught us that this makru? Why, you know, we're just wondering, like, why, why did you pray the two rakahs when this person said, uh, 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 when this person said this thing?" And he said, "I just remembered the verse of the Book of Allah Taala, yanha abdan salah, that uh, have you seen the one uh, who." Who who Yanha uh, who prohibits the slave when he when he says to pray and it's not he's prohibiting somebody else someone else told him to pray and he doesn't want to be the one who said no I'm not going to pray because he remembered that ayah at that time now that's not fit you can't say that that that's his fatwa but that was his relationship with the book of Allah Taala that's part of his saluk which also is intertwined with the fit but the point is this is that you're not going to make the harir of this mess the madhab changes because of it. But those are the people they used to have like the ayat of the Book of Allah Ta'ala, you know, present in their head and uh, present inside of their hearts. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, you know, that's important. We all, we all should have a little bit of that. And in order to have the Quran present in our minds and our hearts, we kind of got to read it a little bit more than what we do. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. And by we, I mean myself, myself. I can't speak about you. There's some, mashallah, really... Uh, pious, pious people out there. Someone asked Sheikh, "Are you doing any tajweed lessons?" Um, mashallah, much to the relief of the actual Qur'an of this ummah, the answer is no. I'm not a person to learn tajweeds from. I learned a very uh, small amount of tajweed at one time, and uh, I would hope that it renders the prayers, uh, my own prayers, and the prayers of those who pray behind me, uh, valid, inshallah. But there are people who are people who are authorities in tajweed. Mufti Minhajuddin in the uh, in the Dar, uh, Dar Salam, he is a, a mustanid qari of the Qiraat Sabaa, if not Ashara qari uh, 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 qari Sayyid Nu'man Hussein in uh, the ISM West Brookfield, Wisconsin, is a mustanid qari of the of the Qiraat Ashara. Uh, Qari Suhail in Detroit is a mustanid qari. Qari Ilyas in Detroit is a mustanid qari. The Qiraat Ashara. Uh, uh, these are these are ahbar. Uh, they are people who um, keep inside of their hearts and in their minds the you know like a, a phenomenal like a flabbergasting amount of knowledge with regards to the Quran. And uh, um, you know then overseas you know like if you want to if you want to know who who is like the qari that I'm most impressed with that I met in my life um, at least from the ones that you'll know the qari Abdul Rashid Sufi in Qatar. Disclaimer: It has nothing to do with UAE Qatar beef, so like you know, don't don't go there. But he happens to be in Qatar. He's a Somali, uh, and uh, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, lengthen his life and give him the uh, khair uh, of this dunya and the akhirah. Uh, but there are there are a number of of Qura. You can go to any of them, inshallah, and learn. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not a. I'm a. I'm not a person really. You should be even learning Maliki fiqh from much less. Uh, uh, much as Tajweed, but Tajweed, you know, there are people who know it really well. So I'll go to them, you can learn it from them, inshallah. Uh, and so, uh, this is the Nasiha to the uh, Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and uh, uh, the Nasiha uh, uh, to the leaders of the Muslims is to follow their orders and to uh, follow the laws that they have as long as they are compatible with the sharia so you know if they tell you to do something haram or to accept something that's haram you're not only under no obligation to uh, follow you are actually obliged to oppose oppose that um albeit not through armed rebellion but through through your speech uh that you should say that this is wrong this is not right and you're not allowed to obey it uh 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 al-muwazin wal-makayil wa and you know, al-hakim yarfa al-khilaf, hukm al-hakim yarfa al-khilaf. So, um, you know, there may be things that the hakim does that you don't agree with, 
but if uh, some of the correct and mustanad ulama of the haq have a difference of opinion that allows for it then the 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 order of the of the sovereign uh, uh, then will uh, end uh, end any matter of disagreement meaning that that becomes your practice whether or not uh, as a intellectual matter you uh, um, you agree with it or not uh, and finally when nasihatu li amatul muslimina muamalatuhum bi sidqi fala yughish fala yughishuhum wala yakdhib alayhim uh, that the uh, nasiha and sincerity to the generality of the believers is to, to in your transactions in your dealings with them you should do deal with them in truth um, and, and uh, in 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 uh, uh, concern for their welfare not to transact with them in a way that 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 is nonchalant with regards to their welfare that you don't mind benefiting while they get harmed rather you should want what's best for them uh, uh, that you don't lie about them uh, 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 so that is uh, uh, that is that Nafrawi mentions Tanbih Zahiru Kalam al-Musannafi Anna nasihata lil-mu'minina wajibatun sawa'an talabu thalika aw la wa huwa zahiru al-hadith waqtasar alayhi al-ghazaliyu qal al-shadhiliyu wa bima qalahu al-ghazaliyu aqulu فمن رأى شخصا لا يحسن الوضوء أو الصلاة أو شيئا من أمور دينه فيجب عليه إرشاده وإن لم يطلب يطلب منه ذلك لأنه إن كان جاهلا يعلمه وإن كان عالما ينصحه لفعل الصواب بالزجر عن هذا الفعل الباطل وتكون النصيحة بالقول اللين والرفقه لأنه أقرب إلى قبولها كما قال تعالى وجادلهم بالتي هي أحسن. so uh, uh, the uh, the tanbih the 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 tanbih the point he wishes to bring to attention is that the the wording of of this tract of uh, both this hadith and and of the text of this book seem to indicate that sincerity uh, for the believers is an obligation whether they whether they ask for for it from you or not and here it's in particular good advice the sincerity of good and sincere advice um and that's what the what what the surface level meaning of the hadith is and that's the opinion that ghazali accepts uh, uh, and shadili mentions uh, uh, on top of uh, ghazali's acceptance of that being the correct interpretation of this hadith that uh, I say that if a person sees somebody who doesn't make wudu properly or doesn't pray properly uh, or doesn't do something properly from the affairs of his deen, then it is an obligation for a person to, uh, you know, guide them to something better. Again, this is not like, this is not uh, uh, for those things that are differences of opinion. So don't just bust someone's chops for like, I don't know, praying with their hands tied or something like that or the other way around for that matter. Um, but for those things that are just wrong, wrong. Uh, um, and so uh, he mentions that uh, he mentions that uh, even if that person doesn't ask for the for the correction, uh, because uh, if that person doesn't know that uh, what you're telling them, then they'll learn. And if the person knows, uh, then it will uh, you know it will gently bring them toward um, toward doing what's right because of the the deterrent of not wanting to hear it from somebody else. Uh, 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 the deterrent uh, uh, from uh, doing something in the wrong way, uh, but he says that the the nasiha should be that that good advice should be delivered with a soft and a kind word and a kind speech, uh, because uh, it is uh, that's the way that there's a much higher likelihood of the person who you're giving it to accepting it. Um, you know, we're not trying to do keeping it real goes wrong. We're trying to actually affect change for the better. Uh, in the person we're giving advice, just as Allah Taala mentioned in His book, "Wajadilhum billati hi ahsanu," and uh, uh, um, convince people uh, with your arguments through that thing which is the most beautiful. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala accept from all of us. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala uh, uh, show us the the best. Allah Taala uh, accept us so that we can uh, renew and redeem our our connections with. Him and with his Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and with his book and with our Imams and with the generality of the Muslims. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, rectify our state and give us uh, what's left in our life, something better than what's behind us and give us a death better than our life and uh, absolve us from our uh, sins on the day of judgment and uh, give us a maqam forever and ever in his jannah, not because of who we are, but because of who he is and he's the akram al-akramin or rahman al-rahimin, kataba ala nafsihi rahmah He's the one who is the most generous of the generous and the most merciful of the merciful who fixed over himself the commandment of mercy. Allah Ta'ala give, it, uh, give, uh, give us from it. Allah Ta'ala ala Rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Someone asks, would you recommend uh, uh, a particular book for learning Arabic? I think this is a book, inshallah, left best for, or this is a question answered best by those people who are engaged in the professional teaching of, of the Arabic language. So I'll defer answering it. Barakallah fikum. Salam.